Welcome to the We Are Here for Good podcast. I'm Pastor Jen Fite from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in the heart of beautiful Howard, Wisconsin. And we remember that as the body of Christ, we are here for good and we are better together. This week, Good Shepherd is taking a week off from our 12-week worship series, Unraveled, Seeking God When Our Plans Fall Apart. As we are blessed this weekend to have the presiding bishop of the ELCA preaching during our online worship. And this week, this Sunday, is Holy Trinity Sunday. So our Bible study today is focusing on our gospel reading for this coming Sunday's worship. From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. The Gospel of Matthew has this sort of progression. We start off with Jesus teaching and preaching and healing and living out the life that he's calling his followers to. And then for a while in the middle of the gospel, his disciples get to practice. They get to try it out. We we see the disciples go out to heal and to proclaim the coming of God's kingdom. And now as the gospel comes to an end, Jesus is placing his ministry into the hands of his disciples. But here's the interesting thing about the disciples in the Gospel of Matthew. They have been missing from the story since Jesus' arrest in the garden. Back in chapter 26, verse 56, we heard, Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. They missed the trial. They missed the crucifixion and the burial. We can only assume that the women who went to the tomb early on Sunday morning managed to find them to share with the disciples the news of the angel who tells Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here for he has been raised as he said. Go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. And while the women were en route, Jesus met the women too and said to them, Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So when the reading for today begins, the disciples have missed a lot. They have been absent from a really, really important part of the story. As we read this story, think about what it would be like to be the disciples. As you walk to Galilee, what would you fear? What would you hope for? What would you want Jesus to say to you? And what would you want to say to Jesus? A reading from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
the eleven returned to where Jesus' ministry began in Galilee. The eleven are the twelve disciples of Jesus minus Judas. In Matthew 27, we hear that Judas repented and tried to return the silver that he had been given by the chief priests and scribes for betraying Jesus. But the grief was too much. And Judas took his own life. Judas hung himself. Judas does not get a chance to see how the gospel ends. The 11 go back to the beginning where it all started, where they were first called to follow Jesus. And once again, they go to a mountain. Time and time again in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus goes up on a mountain. We remember the Sermon on the Mount and the Transfiguration and the times that Jesus went up to a mountain to pray and and the hill outside of Jerusalem on which Jesus died. It's on the mountain in the Gospel of Matthew that heaven and earth collide. It is here on the mountain that we see God most clearly. And we hear that when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. It reminds me of the reaction of the women when leaving the tomb with the good news in their hearts and on their lips. They left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. Fear and great joy, worship and doubt, they go hand in hand. The life of discipleship is never just one or the other. It's a complicated world we live in and the life of faith is hard. But this is our church. This is what discipleship looks like. Fear and joy, worship and doubt, all existing within us, the followers of Jesus. And then Jesus speaks. The same Jesus who didn't say boo when he was on trial in front of Pilate. Now Jesus shows his authority by speaking with strength. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is the Lord of all nations and the ruler of all time and space. And Jesus tells his disciples, go. The same command that Abram was given by God back in Genesis 12 and the same command that Moses was given by the great I am in Exodus Three, go, go out into the world that belongs to Jesus. Go to all the nations. Jesus' mission and ministry has, it ex- has expanded. It is no longer just the lost sheep of Israel that Jesus has come to save. The disciples are being called beyond all borders to the Gentile nations, to the ends of the earth. And they are called to make disciples, to build Christian communities, to teach and to lead others like Jesus taught and led them. They are called to engage in this process of forming faithful witnesses and followers of Jesus. And they're called to baptize. Which is interesting because in the Gospel of Matthew, up till this point, John the Baptist has been the only one baptizing. 
in Jesus' day, baptism was a way for non-Jewish people to enter the fold and to repent. And it was a cleansing ritual for the Jewish people too. But now baptism will be a central part of this new community of disciples that Jesus is raising up. And beyond the Trinitarian language of being baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the baptized are being invited into the family of God. They're entering into a relationship. They are becoming part of the family, part of the three persons of God. And this baptism, it isn't a one and done kind of thing. There's teaching and development and growth that comes along with it, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And then my favorite part, the part that I need to hear this week, especially this week, this part that's the heart of Matthew's gospel. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Back in the beginning of the gospel, in the birth narrative, we heard that Jesus' name would be Emmanuel, God with us. And now at the end, Jesus says, and remember, I am with you always to the end of age. In Thomas Long's commentary on this reading, he writes, Indeed, there was only one word that could have prevented them from collapsing with laughter or racing away in fear at the enormity of the mission. Only one word that could have strengthened their resolve and sent them out to the vast and forbidding world carrying only the gospel. And that was the word Jesus spoke. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. As people in our country die because of the color of their skin, as the death toll from the coronavirus continues to rise, as people march to have their often ignored voices heard, as others riot, and as political leaders fight and bicker, the only thing that gives me courage and hope is Jesus' enduring promise. Christ will not abandon us. He is in the midst of the faithful. And though we, the church, have often forsaken him, Jesus will not forsake us. And remember, Jesus says, I am with you always. We can't shake him. My brothers and sisters in Christ, thanks be to God, we can't shake him. Jesus is with you always. As you continue to reflect on this reading from Matthew, I invite you to consider what discipleship looks like in this time and place. How do we witness? How do we point to Jesus in our everyday lives? And how does Jesus' enduring promise shape us? 
Jesus says, I am with you always. How do we behave knowing that Jesus is always in the room with us? As we hold these questions in our hearts, let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have called us into your family through the waters of baptism. Bless us with a family resemblance. Make us more like you. And remind us again and again that you are with us always. That you are God with us, Emmanuel. That you have made your home among mortals. Bless us with your presence as we seek to be your faithful disciples in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Blessings, my brothers and sisters in Christ.